Welcome back once again to Rhythms of Grace. My name's Nate. Uh, I am the executive pastor at Grace Church, and I'm here with Sung Kim, who is the lead pastor. And we have a special guest, but before I introduce our special guests, just, you know, a framework. We've been talking about self-knowledge, and we've been talking about it primarily through the lens of the Enneagram. And if you don't know what the Enneagram is, episodes one, two, and three of season two, uh, Sung does a really great job of sort of laying out what it is and where it came from and how it is best utilized. Uh, But once we did our overview, now we're going number by number by number. And today we're looking at Enneagram fives. Fives. Yes, Fives are a handful. <laughs> <laughs> and our special guest is Aaron. Aaron, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? And I'm, I don't have to do it. Yeah, so uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for dragging me out of my protected personal <laughs> space. To, yes, to a little bit about that's me. foreshadowing. Right, totally what I love to do. Um, no, it's really great to be here. Yeah, so my name is Aaron Minninger. Um, I've actually lived in... Ann Arbor for roughly 10 years. Um, That's doing, a lifetime uh, for people in it, Ann Arbor. Nobody yeah, stays here like that long. I'm like the old guard. It's pretty <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah, I've been studying, uh, going for a doctorate in computer science, uh, which Ooh. I graduated this January. So Congratulations. So we happy that <laughs> Sung knows it's been a long time coming. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, actually, look, kind of one of the exciting things is I'm getting ready to head off to Congo. Um, mm. So... Our church has a connection with a university there, so I'm planning on going and teaching um, computer science there, and so in the process of kind of getting prepared and going through trainings and all that uh, to go over there. Yeah, and another part of Aaron's life uh, is that he moved in with my family, which for, it was supposed to only be for a couple months, and then COVID hit, and he ended up being stuck with us for like a year and a half. Uh, we've loved having him, but he probably has horrific stories to share. <laughs> <laughs> very horrific. I just, but I won't do that here. You can. So, but you're a five. Um, and uh, would you consider yourself like a typical five? Like when you read the description of an Enneagram five, you're like, oh yeah, man, they got me nailed. Yeah. I think usually it seems to align pretty well. You know, you always see yourself in a couple other numbers, like mm-hmm. I have some, maybe some one tendencies, mm-hmm. but uh, definitely I think there's a lot of, a lot of five there when I read it. Good. Yeah, so just speaking of a five, for those of you who aren't uh, really don't know much about the Enneagram, it's typically called uh, the observer, the investigator, um, the, the, the school of thought that I was kind of certified under called the five, the quiet specialist, which I really like. Um, not that the others are bad, but <laughs> and, and so fives usually have this deep need to understand and to know. And so oftentimes they're pretty detached uh, or shy. They're also really curious and reflective and, and they're pretty private and not always, but a lot of times fives can be very cerebral too. When I think of you, Aaron, and I've known you just about the entire time you've been here in Ann Arbor, when when I, when Nate told me that you were going to be our five representative, I I was like, oh, he, he looks like a five, (laughs) 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 which is totally bad and judgmental, (laughs) but, but, um, So c- expound on that. Like that that's a typical, let's say, short brief of a five. To what extent does that describe you and do you resonate with that? Yeah, I'd say I definitely resonate that. I, the way I would think about it is I probably spend just a lot of time in my own head, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking, analyzing, like you said, observing, um, just kind of processing and taking in, taking in the world, taking in ideas, sort of 
I like to pick ideas apart and think about like, how do I integrate this into what I already know and believe? So yeah, it's kind of, usually there's a lot kind of going on, going on in the, in the brain, I would say. Yeah. And I can attest to the quiet part because (laughs) we've lived with a lot of people, right? Aaron is by far the quietest person I have ever lived with. (laughs) Not, it's not a bad, it's not a criticism. It's just like, and he's probably the least intrusive too. 100%. I mean, so fives aren't intrusive, but they also like don't they don't like being intruded upon, right? Because I think um, uh, my wife is a five, like there, and the inner narrative is I, I have a certain amount of energy for people, for things, for activity, and so I need to reserve that for whatever priorities that you think uh, you have. Do you feel? Do you process your relationships that way? Yeah, I think a hundred hundred percent. He's gonna have to take a nap after this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely think through a lot of things through that lens of energy and feeling like when I making a decision about do I want to do this or not. A lot of times it is kind of that calculation of do I feel like I have the energy for it or is that gonna like drain me too much? Um, so that yeah, that hits home. Can I ask? Is that like a? Is that a? is there an unhealth or healthy side or way to do that? Or is it just kind of like how fives are, you know, um, I think a big problem is that I'm a terrible judge at actually <laughs> what gives or takes energy. Like a lot of times I'll be, you know, I think, Oh, just an evening to myself, like watching YouTube or something or playing video games. Yeah. That's going to recharge me. And often <laughs> that does the opposite, right? Uh-huh. It kind of feels drained and flat at the end of it. Whereas okay. I'm like, you know, if I, I feel like, oh, hanging out with friends or doing something, oh, that feels like it's going to be really draining. And often that actually gives me mm. more energy. And so I've come to sort of doubt my initial read on that sometimes and feel like, oh, maybe like take a step, do this thing that maybe you, it takes energy to initiate that or to start it, but feels like actually in the end, that's going to be better. It's going to be a more healthy decision than if I just yeah. did nothing, right? Yeah. And I think that that's exactly the path to, wholeness for five right to, to growth is exploring those edges and so that that's really good and, and uh, again like my wife is the same way too she you know uh, I well I think she knows like what brings her energy when she's alone and she really engages in that but like uh, there there are times when she's just so tired and just thinking of engaging with people just seems like so overwhelming and she'll come back and she'll be like wow that, that was actually really good mm-hmm. you know whereas sometimes uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So as a five too, like, t- t- you know, they're usually seen as very intelligent, analytical and, and just knowledgeable. Uh, they have, they bring a lot of objectivity and, uh, to the work that they do, hence computer science and all that. And, uh, uh t- tell us more about this craving for knowledge or understanding. Yeah, I think, for me, especially as a computer scientist or engineer, it's just I, I enjoy figuring out how things work, figuring out how the world works, kind of knowing. And maybe that gives me some con- ability to try to predict things or be able to control things, which isn't always the case, right? Um, but being, I think part of feeling confident or competent in something is uh, knowing a lot about it, knowing how to sort of weigh the different outcomes. And, and um, But I think there's also there's just a general genuine joy in problem solving and figure things out and analyzing. And, um, you know, it's sort of that double-edged sword where in some ways it's an incredible strength. And, mm-hmm. but when that gets turned on myself, it can be a weakness when I start kind of going these circles of like overanalyzing everything I'm doing and thinking and saying, and 
Um, you know, when it gets to the point where I'm on a walk and I'm thinking about are the like analyzing the goals that I'm using to analyze the things that I'm thinking about. Oh, like when it gets to that level, <laughs> it's just sounds you know, complex. It's definitely too much. Um, which I think leads to sometimes wanting to just check out, right? Um, listen to a podcast or watch a video or something that I don't have to. Like, I can kind of rest from that yeah. just constant mm-hmm. an- analysis. You could things. listen to yourself on this podcast. I, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to, definitely not going to do that. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, fives also value, like, autonomy and independence a lot. I, I mean, is that because uh, they want their, their little shell in their private space? Or, or what's, the, what's the driving force behind that desire for autonomy and in- independence? Because on one hand, like, you're, you're really relational uh, and warm and, and uh, hospitable, and yet there's this need for that as well, the, the, the autonomy as well. Yeah, it's hard for me to pin down what the origins of that are, coming back to, because sometimes there's this thing with fives thinking, like, what was the thing in your childhood that maybe led to some of these patterns or ways of relating? And it's hard for me to know, because in some ways I had, like, very loving parents, but I felt like maybe they weren't always involved or they mm. wouldn't, like, to take the initiative in like being intentional or like asking questions. And it was sort of up to me just to take care of myself. And like, um, and so I think that's a big part of it is there's this feeling that I can't, like I shouldn't rely on anybody else. I just have to be competent and take care of myself. And like, I can't depend on anybody else. And mm. I think that's, then that kind of becomes this core thing of then wanting to like, Oh, I have to withdraw. I have to be independent. I, you know, cause I can't depend on anybody else. Like be there for me. Yeah. That's really interesting. You know, uh, the, uh, do you feel like as a five, because what's typical for a five is uh, they're, they're pretty low maintenance, right? They try to minimize any needs. Like you were saying, like, I, I don't, I shouldn't depend on other people uh, from the narrative of your childhood. Uh, like, what does that, how, how does that play out in your life in terms of tr- trying to minimize needs and uh, just, just the way you look at the world? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you're going to get to this or not. I know okay. one of the like the root sin of mm-hmm. a five is associated with like, avarice or yep. greed, right? Which yeah. on some level like doesn't seem to track at all because, like you said, I'm on low maintenance. In some ways, like I don't need a lot of possessions. I don't really care about wealth or amassing money. I f- consider myself pretty generous. But I think often it's attributed to being sort of greedy with your own self or your time or your – kind of emotional energy and that like definitely when I like read that first that really hit I was like oh shoot <laughs> yeah that like totally um totally do that and but it's kind of a th- it goes in both ways where I think both I'm very protective of my own self and time but I feel like I balance that by not expecting much of other people either mm, and yeah, I think that makes sense yeah one of the ways to grow like one of the avenues of growth or one of the things I'm trying to work on is is grow in both of those ways so, so both being more giving of myself and loving other people, but then also let other people love me by revealing needs and like taking that step of faith and trusting that somebody else, like if I express a need, that they're going to like follow that up with me. Um, but that's just kind of hard. Cause again, I, I want to just feel like I can just take care of myself, be confident for everything and, and not have to rely on anybody else. Well, I know one of the things that you're doing right now is, is fundraising for your time in Congo. And that seems like, it seems like that's a spot that's like, well, God's going to just like put his thumb right on this one. Right. Because you do (laughs) have to need people. Yeah. You have to both communicate a need. You have to put yourself out there in a way, both expressing a need and then letting other people give to you with, 
I mean, when you give to someone who's stepping into missions, you're not expecting like a, re- a reward. You know, it's not like a, what are those things, those like um, fundraisers that people do online where you get a personalized stamp. Or, you know what I mean? It's not one of those, like people are just like, nope, this is for you because we believe in what you're doing. That, that's probably been hard for you. Yeah, it's interesting to think about as I've stepped into this phase of like support raising and getting ready to go to Congo, how it's definitely touching on a lot of issues, especially seems for a five or like ways of growth. And definitely one of them is, yeah, like I cannot go to Congo and teach and do this thing God is calling me. I can't do it on my own. Like yeah, I don't yeah. have the money. I don't have the resources. And I'm having to go out and ask people. And yeah, that alone has been hard. And it's like you said, it's in this way that's non-reciprocal. Like I can't give somebody like I'm re- I'm just trying to receive more than I give right because I can't connect with everybody the way I would want to I can't reciprocate the w- to everybody the way I would want to and that's hard because I don't that feels like that kind of imbalance of taking more than I can give and that feels uncomfortable yes yeah, I think I think you and I actually had this conversation where in some ways like reaching out to someone who you're not sort of in a regularly maintained relationship with and asking them for something is like the hardest part of that right because it does feel non-reciprocal in some ways I would imagine asking somebody that you're really engaged with and like whatever it's like hey like we're friends like there's a give and take here but you're probably reaching out to people that you're kind of like hey you know, remember me, I'm maybe not, maybe not quite that extreme, (laughs) but, um, there isn't like sort of that foundation that might make you feel like it's uh, fair or equal for you to ask and be supported. Yeah. It's like the two extremes are the easiest case. So people that I'm really close to, like you said, that's pretty easy because we have that relationship. And then people who I don't know at all, Mm. that's also pretty easy because there's not really an expectation of like, if they say no, that's fine. Mm. But yeah, the people like from college, yeah, I haven't talked to you in eight years. Hey, I'm out of the blue asking for money. Uh, You know, yeah, that's definitely feels, feels harder. Yeah. Just bringing money into a relationship is hard. (laughs) It's very uncomfortable for me. Yeah. So, and I actually wanted to say one other thing that you said that I remember is a a big thing for fives. You, You talked about feeling competent. Mm-hmm. and how that, I mean, do you, where it's a big thing for five. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a big thing. And it, again, I, I'm just kind of putting it out there cause I want to make sure we talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I, I think one of, one of the vulnerabilities that fives feel is they don't want to look foolish or stupid. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and it's in a different way than the three that wants to appear impressive and successful, um, and again, this is really interesting because, you know, fives are very autonomous and independent, but so are ones, which Nate is, and so are eights, which I am. And so right here, you have like the three <laughs> most independent types. Yeah. But, but again, going back to uh, what distinguishes them isn't kind of the, uh, the need for that as much as what, what drives that. Right. Right. So for a one, what, what, is, what is it? What's the need that, that uh, makes you so self-sufficient? Uh, it's essentially feeling like if I am doing it right, I shouldn't need anybody else. Uh, essentially, like if I am really doing everything as I should be, then then it's kind of like perfectionism, yeah, yeah. right? You um, got it covered. Yeah. Like I shouldn't need anybody else if I'm really living the way that I'm, if I'm living up to my own potential. Yeah. And then fives again, can you repeat the motive for being aut- autonomous? Just to compare and contrast to like the ones here. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of it is, to avoid, like, there's a core fear of, like, being weak or incapable or just not able to, like, take care of things or do something poorly. Um, so I think a lot of the 
independence is feeling, yeah, like that's a way of, like I have to be able to like do everything and take care of myself because otherwise like I'm going to be, I'm weak in some way. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's like really hard to face. Yeah. yeah. Like there is a competence yeah. issue there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, for an eight, uh, which we'll talk about in a few episodes, it's like you, you, you believe you're strong and so you don't need people. And so, uh, again, uh, ho- hopefully you could start to see, again, as we continue to emphasize, like, the Enneagram is a tool that helps in terms of uh, exposing our motivations and, and really bringing them to the light so that we could grow in wholeness and healing in those areas. So, Aaron, can you tell us, how do you navigate uh, feelings of incompetence? When, if, you're, if you're put in a situation where you feel like you're unprepared or whatever, what, how, what's the, uh, either positive or negative, what's kind of the mental like path your brain is on? Um, I think figuring out, like we've gone through a lot of kind of ups and downs over the past year and really doing a lot of reflection. And I think one of the major tools is like self-delusion, right? It's thinking that, oh yeah, everything's going great. And like, I'm fine. Like, I just won't look at that. Think about that too much, right? I can kind of pretend things are going okay. Okay. When maybe they're not. Um, Like for me, thinking about like the last year, during the pandemic, it was a really you know hard time for many people. A really hard time for me because I was finishing, like trying to finish my dissertation in the middle of this like pandemic and and experiencing a lot of the isolation that happens, which is like, very unhealthy. And I got to this point probably over the summer where I just like wasn't doing it. Like I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't uh, making progress like with my dissertation. Um, but it was really hard to face that reality that you know, I'm not doing well, right? I'm always, I can always tell myself mm-hmm. a lie, like, oh, today's a bad day, but I'll do better tomorrow, or I'll, like, pick it up tomorrow, right? You're not really in as bad a shape as you think, or you're not really struggling as hard as you think, right? And so a lot of the work and processing and growth through that has been facing down, like, hey, you're not, you're not perfect. You can't yeah. take care of yourself perfectly. Like, you're struggling in these ways, and you're kind of all that's always going to be true and so kind of coming to terms with that um i think has been a big part Mm -hmm. of kind of Mm -hmm. some of the growth that's happened yeah yeah i think fives can tend to like one of their defense mechanisms is to compartmentalize Mm -hmm. their lives or or their emotions from their thoughts right divorce those things yeah you know so um (laughs) Uh, my wife, who's a five, like I said before, uh, some of the things that triggers her, and, and I'm, I'm just going to name some of these, and and just wondering, is it similar for you? Uh, you know, a, as a five, sometimes. Okay, so first, m- being married to an eight, which is very intense. Uh, sometimes for her, b- being triggered is like she just feels overwhelmed sometimes by the intensity of my emotion or even intensity of presence. So sometimes being overwhelmed or even just being overwhelmed by crowds of people and noise. Um, the other thing is she'll be, uh, because again, fives are kind of very private. Uh, whenever she shares something with me, I'm a talker and she's learned like she has to tell me, don't say this to anybody or else I'm just like, oh, it's just public information. Yeah, once it's out there, like <laughs> yeah. it's out there. Yeah. And, and so again, I mean, there are certain things where it's like, okay, I know this private but like you know she'll be like oh did you say this to somebody i'm like well yeah you know you didn't tell me not to say it you know and, and for a five that, that is so triggering uh because of their sense of privacy and, and i i think because their need to know any kind of falsehood or dishonesty is like oh another huge trigger and i, I think the last one is um um uh if you ask her for like a instantaneous response to something 
you know, hey, you know, it's always like, well, I need I need time to think about it. And if, if there is no time and there's just a pressure to act, that could be triggering too. Does any of that or all of that kind of sound familiar or is that like, um, yeah. Yeah, I think kind of going through that list, uh, definitely probably a strong personality, like a very intense can be overwhelming or can feel like a lot. Um, definitely agree with that. Uh, and, in, you know, in large crowds, it can be harder. Like that I probably tend to stay more in the background or kind of be observing, right? So um, definitely uh, agree with that. And, yeah, I'm definitely known, my friends have said before, that idea of like pausing before. Like somebody asked me a question and they kind of just kind of like sit there and that, did he hear? Like, is he going <laughs> to, right? And it's like, yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, just thinking about it before I answer. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to push that on this podcast, right? So we just have gaps. Of, of I was like say, you're doing a great right? job. Yeah, for real. Answer, so. Like we didn't really prep you and we're asking you all these questions and you're just firing away. Which is why you're not going to listen to this, right? Because right. <laughs> like, you have so foolish. I didn't have any time yeah, to think. I'm going to leave here and run through all the things I said. <laughs> I shouldn't have said this or I said too much here. Or <laughs> uh, you know, so one of the things that fives really bring to the table in, in friendships and relationships and family is just um, like a lot of wisdom, right? They have, they, they can see things objectively and uh, they're really knowledgeable about the things that are important to them. And, and they, so, they research. Yeah, they research. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they bring a sense of, uh, you know, outside objective kind of wisdom instead of getting all drawn in. Like for me, if, if I get into a fight with my dad, I mean, our emotions are just like, just like f- going at each other, right? Um even though I feel like I'm being objective. Um, so yeah, to, can you, can you illustrate like that strength of a, of a five in your life? Yeah, there's, I guess there's one kind of example that, that sticks out. I remember back in college, um, I had a kind of starting a relationship or in like kind of the first part of that. And, you know, there were some like difficulties in there and, I know I was thinking like he he would come to me when he needed like advice and not necessarily when he needed somebody to, like empathize with him. Right. So he would go to he had other friends that he would go to um, who needed to like be on his side. And then he'd come to me and I'd tell him that he was wrong. <laughs> tell him like something <laughs> dumb he was doing. Right? Um, so, yeah, I hopefully like did that with love. But that, um, yeah, that kind of desire to have some objectivity there and to like see. I definitely look at things and tend to see a lot of both sides or see mm-hmm. like where is like where are things right or wrong and sort of just blind um, uh, like devotion to an idea or like that's really uncomfortable for me because I feel like almost in any um, like, I don't know, political belief, religious belief, there's always kind of gray and there's always room for like curiosity and questioning your beliefs and things like that. So when people take a really hard line and like, this is absolute truth and this is like, I'm not going to compromise on that. That's like pretty uncomfortable for me. I mean, I'll, I'll give an example of this. I mean, as I said, Aaron has been living with us for the past year, and it has been a tumultuous year, right? We, as a family, found ourselves having to make lots of decisions about what we're gonna, how we're gonna engage with COVID. And you were in our, around our table during the entire political, you know, season. And 
every time that we were talking about an issue, Aaron had read up on it way more than anybody else. <laughs> at the t- I, we, we came to rely on it, right? Like my mom, who, who also lives on the property, she would always be like, what are the numbers, Aaron? Like he could always tell us like <laughs> how the COVID numbers were in Washtenaw County and what that meant and how he thought maybe we should respond. It, it was very, very valuable because he was always so well informed. Yeah. So what, what does it look like for a five when they get really unhealthy or, or a cycle of unhealthiness? And in contrast, what does it look like when you feel like as a five, you are at your healthiest and becoming who God wants you to be? So for me, it definitely is like avoidance and withdrawing. So that's which, unhealthy. That's unhealthy. Okay. Yeah. Um, which has kind of been, um, I think part of, you know, being with Nate and like in a lot of ways, 2020 was like a really unhealthy year for me mm-hmm. and definitely like withdrew a lot. And that means again, like checking out a lot of escapism, right? A lot of just spending time online or like listening to things. Um, I almost describe it as kind of being on autopilot. Like I'm not actually thinking and making decisions. I'm just kind of like trying to drown out those thoughts with like whatever it takes, right? Or, and like being withdrawn. And I think, yeah, that's a huge, when I'm, whenever I'm like not, connected with people whenever I'm not like doing things and, and engaging that's definitely a really big sign of, un, of being unhealthy um, which I think can be I don't know I, I guess I'd be curious what Nate thinks about this I'm sure it's hard to like gauge that from the outside right it, because it like absolutely it's always like, is. like the difference between me being an uh, unhealthy withdrawing and healthy withdrawing I don't know how you tell yeah I mean they tell the difference between that it's um, true and again in some ways that's the beauty of the Enneagram talking about motivation because the behaviors can look very very similar and in one hand like you kind of being you know in your room and some I get it I also hide in my room because <laughs> yeah. four teenagers three dogs like it's crazy it is crazy but it is hard to tell which where that is coming from for you on any given, Hmm. in any given season. And so when you feel like you're growing and becoming more healthy, what are the edges uh, of a five that, that God kind of pushes out and is demonstrated through your life and actions? So, I mean, what I've read, if I'm, if I'm correct, like one of the areas of growth for a five is moving towards an eight Mm -hmm. or like having more like leadership, more, just like taking charge or like having that sort of um, like stepping out into those things. Right. And I think that's definitely a big area where, cause, cause a big fear, a big problem is feeling like, Oh, I'm not prepared for this. I'm not ready for this. I'm just going to like read a little bit more about it or grow a little bit more about it. Right. Like uh, I can't do this podcast cause I'm not perfectly informed on all the, all, you know, details, <laughs> I did right? a ton of reading. Did uh, you prep? Did, like <laughs> honestly, just a tiny did bit, <laughs> just a tiny bit for a five is like, yes, right. Like way more, more than, more than right. you and I have done <laughs> right. for the entire season. Yeah. <laughs> um, but realizing like in certain areas you you may never have that feeling or you may yeah. never feel mm-hmm. totally, but willing to step out. That's been a big part of the support raising feeling like, like I'm diving into this, even though I don't feel hundred percent prepared. I don't feel like I know everything. Some of it is uh, sort of unexpected and, but times where like I've stepped out and done things, even though I don't feel hundred percent competent or prepared, those are often been like times, some of the best and most fulfilling times have been like stepping out into that. So uh, it's not to not distrust that voice, but to realize that um, maybe your bar is set way too high. Yeah. And sometimes it means stepping out, even though you don't quite know hundred percent of what you're doing or what to expect. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Are, are there practices in your life that you engage in regularly to help you move into greater wholeness? I was going to ask the exact same thing. <laughs> One of the things I've been trying to do more is um, because, again, so much of my energy is in my head and so much of it is sort of this abstract sort of thinking, like trying to do things that just connect me to the present where I'm not thinking like, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about the past, oftentimes that brings up feelings of shame. And if you're mm-hmm. thinking about the future, that brings up feelings of fear. And if you're kind of always just in this mode of thinking, so like, I'll try to go for walks and try just to like experience being in the moment and not be trying to think about things. And that usually lasts for like a minute at a time. And then I got to rain. I'm starting to think about something. I got to rein myself in just to kind of being right. present. But things like mindfulness meditation is super helpful or just doing something that's like with your body. So I get like going for a walk is really good for me being in nature, but also like cooking is a way I really enjoy cooking. And that's a way of I can like do something practical, but it's not doesn't really require a lot of like mental energy. Right. Or like that thinking I can just kind of be in there in that process. Um, Or like if I'm talking to somebody in a conversation um, a big thing I've been trying to do, cause I'm not very good at this is to be like present and listening and just like trying to empathize with them instead of thinking about, okay, what do I think about what they're saying? How does this fit into what I believe? What should I say next? What's the right thing to say next? I think that's a big thing, right? What's the optimal thing I can say in this situation, right? But trying to get out of that energy and just to be present in that conversation with that person and just, like try to love them. I think that's a, that's like some of the practices mm-hmm. I try to do. Uh, whether or not they're successful is sometimes oh, that's really good. And one thing I want our listeners to note is like when we talk about like practices or disciplines, the, it's not just read the Bible and pray. Yeah. Uh, again, th- those are spiritual practices, but th- like the the way you inhabit uh, these spiritual practices, some of it is just earthy and incarnational, meaning like through your body. And so uh, hear that as we interview different guests, like the practices that that you engage in to to bring greater healing to your soul um, and and growth. It's not just like the typical, uh, I guess, traditional church slash pastor answer. Well, just read the Bible and pray more. Um, So again, I I really appreciate that. And I I think like you were saying, Aaron, about like connecting with others um, and and, and opening up, right? Like I I, I know for fives, like they have so much knowledge. And and again, there's a sense of like, well, I don't want to off put anybody with all my knowledge, but sharing that information when it's wanted or even, even, even when you feel like nobody wants it, like they don't know like all that you know. And so I think sharing uh, knowledge or expertise and wisdom is a gift that fives bring to others and the world too. Yeah. Before we wrap up with maybe one final question, Aaron, can we do a shameless plug for your trip to Congo? What if people are listening? They're like, Oh my gosh, like, I'd like to know more about that. How, how can they get in touch with you or, or how could they learn more? Yeah. I would love to talk more about what I'm going to be doing there and joining with the basically the engineering program there and helping to raise up uh, like f- future Congolese engineers who can bring about like technical technological solutions to their country. Um, I think it's a really exciting vision. And so if you'd like to know more, um, I have a, I guess the easiest way I have a webpage set up. Um, it's at aaronminninger.com slash Congo. That's um, A-A-R-O-N-M-I-N-I-N-G-E-R.com. Uh, and um, yeah, there's a contact form there. I'd love to, to hear more about it. And you're around for, uh, for uh, I'm not sure when this is going to air exactly, but you're around for the, the summer in some capacity, right? Yeah, I'm actually heading to a training in May, which is kind of training in 
uh, cross-cultural training and sort of how to experience and live in a different culture. Um, but I'll be back basically for June or sorry for July. Okay. Um, be back in the area. And then through the beauty of zoom, people could always connect with you digitally. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of zoom meetings <laughs> with that. So. Great. Great. Yeah. So uh, one of the questions and I actually sung, you can probably speak to this as well, but like one of the questions that we're asking is how, how do, how do fives experience care or what should, what would you say to someone that wants to love a five? well so yeah i don't know how universal this is for all fives for me what i really love is when somebody um wants to initiate personal like one-on-one time with me right so if somebody said hey let's go out and grab a drink or hey let's and and actually ask me like how i'm doing because i feel like i don't want to burden other people just by like vomiting like all here's all i'm doing here's all about me right (laughs) if i feel like they don't want that right so just somebody taking the time, setting aside time and saying, Hey, we're going to like, I just want to know how you're doing and kind of getting into that. Um, but not doing it the moment of, right. So giving, giving like a day or two, <laughs> and, you know, like, I think that's another very thing. Make like, a plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me know ahead of time. Right. But, uh, and not be spontaneous with that. Um, but <laughs> so spontaneity me, like, is not how you receive <laughs> care. Right. right. Um, so what if it's somebody that you uh, in the past have, ha- that person has really drained you. Do you ever get that dread? Uh, again, trying to play off of that that sense of wanting to hoard your reserves. Like, uh, you know, this person has, like, been a drain on you. You don't, you don't really enjoy it. And they're like, hey, Aaron, can we get together next week? Like, wh- what, do you, what do you feel? Mm-hmm. What do you think? And then what do you ultimately say? <laughs> uh, that's a – honestly, I'm not sure I get into that situation. Okay. Although, and I'm wondering if I just put on, like – a wall that needy people just don't see anything in me that they want. Like, like they, you know, they're those people who uh, sort of seem to attract like needy people to them. And maybe yeah. I just give off a, an air of like, I don't want leave that. Me alone. So leave me alone. <laughs> kind of thing. Maybe, uh, maybe. I, I guess I'm like fairly, pr- that's a way of like being protective, which uh, maybe yeah. isn't the best. Um, no, my, my wife attracts those type of people and, and she's, you know, and, and I'm always like, you need, you need to create boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, yeah, so uh, it, what would you say to other fives that are listening? Um, just any word of, of advice or wisdom to fives? So, um, I mean, maybe I'll just share this, which is like thinking about some of the stuff I've been processing through over the last couple months, especially when it comes to my relationship with God. And I've just seen so much growth in my own like personal uh, times with God and connection. And a lot of it has been going back to what I said before about sort of being more in the moment of like going to God in prayer and not just like, okay, what are the problems we need to figure out or how are we going to address these issues or um, here are all the things that are wrong with me. Like, how are we going to fix them, God? But just going with an air of wanting to experience God in his presence and making the desire just to draw near to God and sort of focusing on that in a very much like I'm coming here just to listen and learn sort of posture as opposed to like needing to figure everything out. So like letting go of that, I think is, has been really fruitful for me. Um, and, and I think also just on a more like broader, more practical level, like questioning that, um, 
like cultivating an awareness of when when do you feel that energy being threatened and at least being like being aware of that lets you make the choice of what you're going to do. So if somebody does do a spontaneous like hey do you want to hang out tonight, right? <laughs> and maybe my my first initial will always be like no. I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, but like I, if I'm if I notice that and notice that's what's going on, then I can make the choice of actually saying like well maybe this is something that I really do want to do. And don't have to. I don't have to follow that initial response if I don't want to. Yeah, that's um, good. So I think, yeah, just being aware of that tendency to be selfish with your own time or your own energy, and notice when those impulses come up, and then realize sometimes you're being called to step out or do this connection or do this thing, even if your first instinct is like you don't want to do it or you don't right, feel confident right. in it. Yeah, that's good. That is good. What uh, what would you say to those who have fives in their lives, um, maybe as a loved one or a friend? And uh, this is really applicable to me because my daughter's a five and my wife is a five. Oh man! <laughs> so what would you say to me? Aaron? Yeah, right. This isn't a hypothetical. Just speak to Sung right now. Here's how you can be a better father, Sung. I mean, <laughs> a better husband. <laughs> no, tell me. Um, like I said, for me, I really like those times of being set aside and somebody actually like i mean being respectful of that energy of that need for energy right so by not being spontaneous but like planning it out ahead of time i think that's useful but having that where you're like you do care about the person and you want to learn more about them and like ask those questions for me that that really like helps me feel loved um and sort of engaging with that more like knowledge side of things like i love geeking out about things or like getting into these really like esoteric topics or having just like fun conversations. Yeah. And like when I find somebody who I can just like connect with and just discuss ideas, like I always enjoy that a lot and I'm not sure that's for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you get two fives together though and they can really, oh my. I was go laughing because that's, stuff, that's so. my, my wife and daughter. They just, uh, about a month ago, I mean, a little longer, finished watching all six seasons of Lost mm -hmm. and talk about esoteric, right? Oh, and, and they start going in on, on those discussions and I'm just like, blah, 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 covering right. my ears, like, oh my goodness. Sung, if you want to love your wife and daughter, you have to engage in those conversations <laughs> about Lost. You should go home and be like, guys, I've been thinking a ton about Lost. What do you think <laughs> of this? <laughs> No, but what you, you said is really true. You know, I, I think just respecting, you know, a, again, for me, I can be really spontaneous and just all of a sudden turn on a bunch of energy and just understanding that my wife can't do that, right? O or if something's on the calendar, like her sense of anticipation is pretty set there. Whereas, uh, again, I'm pretty adaptive and, and, and I've really learned to those lessons. And uh, like you were saying too, man, th those are some good things for if you have a five in your life especially if, if it's a spouse and, and you're really different from them. Um, some, some things that can really help in your relationship there. Yeah, yeah and, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, and there is that, again, kind of what we talked about, there is that hard knowing when is, when is a five withdrawing healthy or was it unhealthy yeah. and how do you speak into that? And honestly, I don't quite know that always. Like if somebody reaches out, sometimes I just kind of brush that off, even though it would be really helpful. Um, so... But I think, like, it's good not to, like, give up on a five or just say, oh, they're just, like, withdrawing, so I'm just going to respect that 100% and, like, not ever yeah. um, connect with that. Or, or I think 
it is good sometimes to like impinge on a five or like especially if you think maybe they're being unhealthy about it to yeah, yeah. like not just give up on that or not like if they kind of brush you off to like not be super forceful about it but again maybe if you say like hey let's go on a walk tomorrow or something that gives them some time but says like hey i want to like hear about it um, yeah. that might be a good thing yeah that's good and for my wife the way she does that one of the ways just she does that is she 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 likes traveling but she'd rather stay at home i love traveling so for her traveling is a is both a discipline but it's something she enjoys too but she does it a lot more than she would ever want but that that does force her out of her own head and and to really go out and engage the world and and just things like that and and even like community right friendships and things like that like there, there's a natural sense of like oh, i just rather stay home tonight but it's like no 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 like it, it's healthy to engage in community so Aaron, thank you so much for giving us a window into the complex inner life of a five. <laughs> it's good, man. Fives are fives are complicated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I appreciate you sharing all of your insight. Um, so uh, next episode is going to be on the number six. Uh, super excited for another special guest. But thanks so much for joining us, and we hope to catch you on the next episode. <laughs>